Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to live positively through the many and varied challenges of life. Our guest today is Paul Blanchard, and you'll be excited to hear this. Uh, Paul is passionately driven by people and the opportunity to serve, coach, and develop. He has traveled to remote areas of the world to serve humanity and worked with renowned titans in business and entrepreneurship. At one point in his career, Paul was asked to fly out to Washington, D.C. and interview for the director position at the newly acquired Jack Welch Management Institute. A few weeks later, he was in a boardroom sitting across from one of the greatest CEOs in history, Jack Welch. Paul went on to work closely with Jack for the next three years and create one of the top online MBA programs in the world with unparalleled growth. Uh, Paul is the uh, son of Dave Blanchard, who is the CEO of the official Augmandino company. Uh, At the moment, two of my friends are reading The Greatest Salesman in the World, uh, for the umpteenth time, which is one of Og's books. And uh, Dave is also a renowned coach, speaker, and author. Paul cut his teeth on the foundational principles taught by his father and Og Mandino. And after several weeks of discussion, he chose to join his father and champion the admission of the Og Mandino group and its principal subsidiary intentional creation. Uh, combining lessons from great authors, philosophers, business leaders, and their own life experience, Paul and his father set out on a mission to teach and transform people and organizations with the principles and laws that lead to unparalleled productivity, corp- cooperation, culture, true leadership, and a personally, personally defined and vividly visualized tangible success. Welcome to the show today, Paul. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Quite an introduction. I appreciate that. It is exciting to speak with anyone associated with Augmandino and you and your dad. If I recall from interviewing your dad, Augmandino's widow personally asked him to carry on Aug's teachings, didn't he? That's correct. Yeah, David had been a, a big fan of Aug and the greatest salesman in the world for quite some time, and he was an award-winning script writer and an editor and director, and he had been asked to write a feature film script for Og, one of Og's favorite personal books, and that was The Christ Commission, and she was very moved by that and offered him the rights to The Greatest Salesman in the World when it came up. Wow, I haven't read The Christ Commission, so now I have another book on my list of books to read. There you go. Excellent. Well, that's pretty exciting. And then, uh, of course, uh, when I talked to your uh, dad, Dave, I talked a lot about intentional creation, your subsidiary, and uh, I took the intentional creation assessment, which was, wow, extremely eye-opening. It was an amazing uh, experience, and so I I know a little bit about you guys already, and so uh, 
let's uh, let our audience know a little bit about you. Uh, why Augmandino and intentional creation? I think there's two. Is there two separate reasons for those? One, Augmandino. We know you, you. Dave was asked to do that, but then it, you've developed that subsidiary, intentional creation, didn't you? Absolutely. Well, when Dave acquired the rights to Augmandino's brand and the worldwide training rights for the greatest salesman in the world and, and all of his published work, we had the official Augmandino company. Um, and I was very early on in, in an entrepreneurial career and one of Dave's seven children that was smart or dumb enough to be an entrepreneur. And so that's really where I cut my teeth on this stuff is falling in love with the greatest salesman in the world, one of the, one of the best books ever written. Um, and, and taking on those principles. And all we had was horizon and landscape for what to do with it. And so Dave jumped in and started building the Augmandino company. And eventually, over the years, that evolved into the flagship, which is intentional creation. This is the actionable program, the actionable coaching and consulting and services that the Augmandino company provides in, in a whole wide array of, of industries and services and impacts that we make and you mentioned, Tom, the intentional creation assessment. That came about a year or two into it when we realized we were just kind of repackaging personal development and coaching and, and professional consulting and executive coaching with an Augmentino brand, but we wanted it to be so much more than that. I mean, the depth and breadth that, that Aug talks about all the way back in 1967 is just incredible, the way it's been validated through neuroscience and the physiological reactions to to what he was talking about almost poetically back then. And so we wanted to find a way to measure that. And that was where we found the formal science of axiological mathematics. That was where we found the concept of infinitudes and a way to actually measure the way someone thinks to easily and, and objectively pull the cover off the ball and see where someone's really at, see what's really going on below the surface, not what their personality is or their behavior. They're, they're great tools but to be able to dive below that, and that's really that quote-unquote other mind that Og was talking about that we're a slave to with our habits. It's just been an incredible journey along the way. Well, I've taken a lot of assessments in my time, and that one was the most complete and revealing and interesting one I've ever taken, and then uh, to have Dave uh, go over it with me and explain it better than any other assessment I've ever taken. It's just uh, amazing. What is that science called again? The Formal Science of Axiological Mathematics. Whew. We, I don't uh, know how that works, but it sure created us. a great assessment. Yeah, exactly. Because to the end user, as you experienced, Tom, it's so simple. It's so easy. It takes you maybe 10 minutes. And all you're no questions. You're just ranking 18 words or phrases. There's two two sets of them. And that's it. Yet there's over six quadrillion variations in this assessment. It's completely objective and measures in 36 specific measurements the way you think in terms of the way you think about people, the way you think about rules and structure, the way you think about how your life is showing up, the way you think about yourself. We can really dive into this paradigm 
of what your thought process is, what your habits of thinking, like Og talked about, have become a slave to, what they've been programmed to understand. And we can take on limiting beliefs. We can take on self-esteem. We can take on people's passion and vision and their ability to really take on structure in a great way. We can take it on deeper than, than you ever have been before. It's just a level that's so rare. Wow. And I found that to be so true. And it looks like... Um from your website and uh, what I've looked at over the last little while, that the intentional creation assessment, you've been able to extract it or extrapolate, whatever fancy word we want to use, uh, to uh, segment it on different, uh, uh, I don't know if you call business segments or different areas. You have one for athletics, you have one for life, you have one for interview, sales team, master teacher, and commitment. Can you explain those uh, assessments briefly uh, uh, so I can understand them better and your audience could as well? Absolutely. The simplest way to explain that, Tom, would be the fact that the assessment has never changed. It's the same EEOC-certified standard 18 words and phrases that that you rank. It's the format of the results that is adapted and customized to the relevance of each of those areas. For example, if we've got a personal coaching engagement or executive coaching, we're going to go pretty deep. And so we've got our full signature assessment that just takes someone as deep as we can go in terms of measuring their thought processes. And yet then there's opportunities for really taking on a sales team or or uh, teachers or being able to, to take on uh, hiring, which is one of our, our newest pieces. And it's the same assessment process, but the results are, are simply geared in context towards those specific engagements, those areas. What are the measurements that really impact a salesperson or sabotage a salesperson? What are the areas that really empower a teacher and allow them to be able to show up consistently day in and day out the way they need to and having such a critical role in the development of the next generation? What are the things that athletes are, are caught up in in their thought processes that don't allow them to unleash their raw potential and their incredible athletic ability? How often have we seen someone drafted who looked amazing in their senior year or at the combine, and then they get into the NFL and they're a bust, and we assume they just weren't cut out for it, and yet we've found time and time again it was their thought processes, even from earlier on in college or even earlier than that, that have just paved a way to make it more and more difficult to show up and unleash their passion and their drive for what they want to create. Because, Tom, when it comes down to it, we believe that our thoughts affect every facet of our lives, our emotional state, the decisions we make, the actions we take, and ultimately the results we create. And that is not limited to one industry or one area. And we wanted to make sure that we use the power of this assessment that measures thought in a universal way, but that the results were delivered with the specific context of these major areas that we focus on. Nice. And that makes sense. And so I want to, uh, for this one, uh, delve a little deeper into the interview intentional creation because uh, at the age of 52, I have uh, a long enough work experience to have noticed that uh, uh, people are hired for their educational credentials, their experience, sometimes their personality if they do a test, and even how well they do in interviews because some people do better than others. But when people are let go or fired, 
It's almost always due to inappropriate or unfavorable behavior or not getting along with the team or not being compatible. And so how does the intentional creation IC or interview IC uh, help uh, companies that are hiring or anybody who's hiring? Uh, explain that one uh, more because that has a could have a ginormous impact on, on businesses and companies for good. Absolutely, and this one really hits home for me because I, I spent several years, as you mentioned, working with one of the greatest CEOs of all time, Jack Welch, who is probably about as good as it gets when it comes to hiring and building teams. That is his whole MO, is building a winning team. And we spoke on several occasions about how brutal hiring can be. I mean, it seems like the only great asset we have left is skepticism, to go in and just be on guard, to not fall in love with the person too quickly, so that we make sure we can stay step back and try to be as objective as possible. But there is nothing more subjective out there in a professional environment than a job interview. We're, we're trying yeah. to connect the dots. We're trying to read the tea leaves and, and try to catch something and catch them in a, in a twisted answer response. What are your greatest weaknesses? <laughs> I mean, there's only so many ways we can ask that. And right. yet there's, there's such a challenge in being able to figure out, okay, is this person just really good at an interview? Because you can't ask someone's professional references the questions you used to be able to ask. There's too many concerns with, with HR and defamation and all these different yeah, things. Yeah. You, you, you're even kind of trying to listen to the tone that they answer these very generic questions with. Um, and so some of the top hiring practices in the world out there uh, are becoming more and more difficult to use. And then you've got personality. It's, it's such a limited perspective on how to hire someone because you could take someone who scored a, a certain profile on on a uh, personality test. Um, I'll, I'll use DISC, for example, because I, I love the assessment. We used it in the MBA program that I helped build. You could take 20 people that were a high D and have them take the intentional creation assessment, and all 20 of them are going to have very different thought processes that drive that. And to be able to assume how someone's going to show up two months from now, three months from now, six, from, six months from now, just from their personality is a huge challenge, especially when it's a four-pronged approach. You've got D-I-S-C and then certain combinations of which ones are more dominant than the others. We've got six quadrillion different variations of how someone's thought processes drive their behavior and their activity and the level of the risk of each one of those of who, who's going to show up a couple months from now, who, who's going to be resisting authority and have a really hard time to be told what to do, who is just totally burnt out and are just trying to survive jumping from job to job, even if they're staying places long enough to not get a red flag from you, you're going to have a tough time being able to really qualify someone if they're fantastic in an interview and able to be on their best behavior for an hour or two hours you're going to want to see if they can be on their best behavior for a year, two years. And if not, what are the risks and what are you willing to invest in? What are you willing to take on and what are you not willing to take on? Well, Tom, we, we can finally know. This is nothing new for us. We've been doing this for 15 years with over 60,000 clients, measuring what their thought processes are and how they show up in their life and what can be done to shift those. And finally, as interviewees are getting better and better and better at presenting themselves, and interviewers don't have the time to get better and better and better and better at how to interview them, 
you can finally know. In 10 minutes, they take an assessment, and we deliver results to you that not only tell you where the risks are, what the level of the risk is, but it also gives you the questions and the discussion topics to actually provide in the interview to be able to find out how it's really showing up for them. I mean, you took the assessment, Tom. Nobody's results are perfect. It's not a matter of exclusion. It's about awareness. You may have a thought process that that looks unhealthy, but as I talk to you and find out how aware of you are or how willing you are to work on it and shift it, that that may be something I'm willing to invest in depending on the position and the job and, and what's at stake and the culture that I have to support you. And, and now we can get back to the most valuable piece of building a business, and that's human interaction. Why are we trying to automate employee selection when it's all about the interview? But now you can actually have a real interview, not a presentation. You don't have to ask a question hoping you uncover something. You already uncovered right. everything you would need to know. And that would give uh, people doing the hiring an amazing sense of security or comfort. And as you say, just because something comes up in an assessment doesn't mean you don't get hired. It means that you know ahead of time what potential the behavior could be in the future. And so you can always just work on it, right? And so it doesn't necessarily exclude you, but it just helps the interviewer be aware of uh, how difficult it might be for the person to be as good as they are in front of the interviewer six months after they start the job. And that's, as you said, that's a, how do you know how long they're going to be able to behave themselves? Absolutely. Because, I mean, like you said, you've had a, a good long career, and uh, any of us who have been there and done any a decent amount of hiring, we've all fallen in love with somebody and then hired them and 30 days, 60 days, 90 days down the road gone, what the, who is yeah. that? And right, and how did he, and how did they get again. hired? Yeah. yeah. And and we yeah, would consider ourselves to have pretty decent intuition. I've met some people who have some incredible intuition, like Jack. Jack has one of the most intuitive people I've ever met in my life, and he said most of his career was about 50-50 for hiring or promoting the right people at the top of his game. <laughs> Seventy-five, twenty-five, and I—I I dare to see someone compete with with his ability in that area. Right. Um, and so you're talking about being at a huge disadvantage. And most companies don't really exploit the challenge because they just figure that's the best they can get. And you know, at least it, they answer the phones, or at least we got somebody. Right, right. At least they do part of their job. We didn't hire them for part of the job. And yet, yeah, for a bad exactly. Hire, and you're it, looking at an average of of $24,000 is what it costs the average company from small mom and pop shop to Fortune 500. That is that is crazy that we're relying on this conversation where we hope to uncover enough to be able to make a bet on red or black on roulette for whether we should hire this person. And and now right. we can we can see what we're really getting. Right, which is so important, and it's kind of thinking of the analogy, at least in Canada, I think it might be the same there, but if you own a rental property and you get the tenant in and you accept them as a tenant, then all the laws shift to their side, and now it's going to become complicated and expensive to get rid of them, and often that can be the same with employees as well, and you find out six months down the road that they're not compatible, 
it could cost you some money and time and aggravation to let them go and you know, always would be better if you didn't just didn't hire them in the first place. Absolutely. And in a time when companies are asking so much more for less and less, trying to squeeze the water from the rock, it's so important to make sure that you make a good hire. But on top of that, so many companies have such a fast-paced, almost organic onboarding process that some people get left behind and, and there are some assumptions in terms of the quality of a hire. Well, not only did you get to find out what you're getting beforehand, but now you've got an invaluable roadmap as to who you actually have on your hands. So you do your very best to hire them as best you can to make sure you know what you're getting, which risks you're willing to invest in, whether they're someone that you just shouldn't even be talking to. You can find all those things out. But let's say you bring them on board and some specific applicable and practical challenges with the job start happening. We'll jump back into the assessment and let's chat. Let's find out why those things are showing up because in 15 years of business, there are so many poor assumptions as to why people's employees aren't engaged at a higher level and so much cooperation and productivity that can be unleashed by just understanding a few things that this assessment uncovers. So you're not just talking about coming in the front door, but you're talking about once they're in, and, and like you said perfectly with the tenant, all the laws have shifted to their side. Well, what better time to know how to make the most out of whoever you hired? Because you've already gotten better than, than you would have any other way with the assessment you've got. But now you're going to be able to really engage their potential at a whole new level because you can see exactly what might be sabotaging them. You can see gifts and strengths that they may not have even known they had. And you're going to see exactly how to develop that person that you're investing in to get the biggest ROI you can from understanding them on a human level that is so rare, and to be able to do that not just with the people you hire, but the people you've already hired is is the opportunities, and it just continues to roll from there. Amazing. So true. Uh, I am a big fan of Jack Welsh, and uh, I have described his strategy or a little bit of how he worked to people, saying that he seemed to just fly into the various facilities meet with top management and it seemed like 80% of the meetings were about people. How's this guy doing? Is he living up to his potential? Do we keep him? Do we let him go? And it seemed like if you got 80% of that part of the meeting done, the rest of the business would run properly by, you know, always making sure you got the right people on the bus. And uh, so tell us about working with Jack Welch, some of his ideas, philosophy, some of the things you learned. Uh, that's an amazing man, and I'm sure he must have soaked up a lot of great stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a, it was an incredible revelation to to start working with with Jack. I was I was candidly I was a huge Napoleon Hill fan, uh, fan and Carnegie and Ogmandino. Those were more in my circles, and so when I found the opportunity for Jack, I figured I better do my homework. So I got straight from the gut and winning two of his uh, bestsellers. And in Winning, for example, which is an amazing book, any of you out there in business, running your own business or, or a leader in a business or, or just in general, it's an incredible read. But there's only seven pages in the entire book that he talks about a system, and it's called Six Sigma. Uh, Jack didn't create it, but he was a huge uh, fan of it, a huge proponent in bringing it mainstream. But only seven pages. Every other page is about people as being to understand people, what's in it for them, to be able to motivate people from a deeper level. I mean, he touches on it a couple times when Jack uses really 
artistic words, like it's got to be in your bones. But it's all about the people. And I loved reading when I was when I was working for him. There was a Business Week article that came out. They had interviewed several of the executives that worked for Jack, and one of them said something I'll never forget. It said he wasn't a CEO running 11 companies. He was he was uh, uh, he was managing 300,000 individuals. And people really <laughs> felt like every one of them, like they worked for him and, and they were in it together. And that is just, I mean, it's no wonder he created results that are just off the charts amazing. If any of you have ever looked into what Jack did for the employees and the stakeholders and, and just the, the value of the company in general at General Electric, it is breathtaking. And he did it by engaging the people, by always being focused on the people. And I never saw anything to the contrary in the three years that I worked with him. It was always about the people. It's a huge reason why uh, his MBA program grew 40% year over year like clockwork when Thunderbird's shutting down and other schools are shutting down because we focused on the people. And it was really that, that focus on people that when I felt like it was time for the next chapter in my career and my life, and Dave, my father, started campaigning to have me come back over here and start working with him, uh, it was that seed planted that I said I agreed, but my number one condition was that we create this hiring and this interview assessment to be able to connect the dots. Because I saw Jack, one of the most intuitive, incredible leaders that I've ever been around, regardless of how the media paints him and whatever the case is, uh, trust me, just an amazing, huge-hearted, caring individual who knows how to get it done, which is such a, a rare combination. And to watch him and to see the value he places on people, it just it was a no-brainer. I saw the Ogmandino company, and not just that it was my, my father's company, not just that it laid the foundation for my professional growth and my career in learning these principles and applying them in so many different industries to create success, but being able to teach people how to do that on purpose. And that's really where intentional creation comes in, is some people have, have tasted this. Some people have felt glimpses of their potential and of greatness, whether it was an incredible quarter they had or miraculous turnaround with a team or just an amazing opportunity that they caught at the right time. They've all had glimpses, but that's a level that we teach people how to operate on on purpose. And not just from true principles and practices, but from a scientific perspective. The science behind our assessment brings so much more than just the assessment. It brings an understanding of an intrinsic level of productivity, which is one that few people reach on purpose. Most of us live in an extrinsic, tangible, measurable, contrastable, and systemic rules, policies, systems kind of world. But when we tap into the intrinsic, where we get into infinite concepts, and without being too much of a uh, uh, fire hose on this interview, uh, it's an incredible level to be on. And that's what we felt in our, in our soul that we could tap into. And that was the birth of intentional creation. And I'm watching people like Jack Welch uh, and, and major titans in business that I had the opportunity to interact with and other people that I've had the opportunity to network with and to, uh, to do joint ventures with, I'm seeing, trying to find, because it's the most popular subject in the world, is how did they do it and how can I do it? And yet most of it is just that. It's doing it when 
it's being it that is the secret. And when mm-hmm. you can crack that code, how to become that so that the success you create, the things you do, are just a natural outcome of who you are, that's where the rules change. That's where the game of life becomes really fun to play because you get mm-hmm. better at it. You don't just do more of it. Um, and, and it's increasing that level of ability to handle what will always be ever-increasing levels of stress and to be able to do it more naturally with ever-increasing levels of ease is really the mission of intentional creation. And coming over here was a no-brainer to see this huge gap in the market of people just kind of taking stabs in the dark of who they should hire. Or more importantly, if they've got a limited marketplace, once they hire them, how do they get the most from them? How do they engage them? Because we know that on average, an employee withholds about 40% of cooperation and productivity naturally. And we can tap into that. And the results we've created have just been enormous. Wow. Wow, amazing. Now I'm thinking, what if you are with an organization, a company, and you're like, hmm, I want to do this interview I see thing, make my job better and make me better at my job. Do they just buy assessments? Is there a... Does the person doing the interview are using the assessments have to take a course? Uh, how Great does it work? Question. Now, in, for the majority of the 15 years, our our clients have engaged us to assist them with that because the full assessment, as you found out, you get a lot from it looking at it yourself, but then once you go through it with Dave or one of our coaches or myself, there's just so much more to be opened up to in terms of context and how deep you can go. And it took a lot of training for someone to be able to do that and so the interview IC assessment has, has been built to be able to just be relevant to a job interview. You don't need to dive as deep as we do in our coaching engagements because you're not trying to actually transform or shift someone. You just are assessing who you're actually getting. And so the assessment is built in such a way that it takes minimal training, and we're there for consultative support. The first month of that is completely included in your, in your setup fee, you get set up, and then from there, you either buy 10 packs or 25 packs of assessments. Simple, easy. And we're talking $50 a piece, $40 a piece for these assessments. We're not talking about major, huge investments. Uh, we want this to be accessible. We want this to serve the masses, whether you're hiring someone to come work for $12 an hour or someone to come work for $150,000 a year. This tool will show you more in 10 minutes than you could hope to learn about this person in 10 years And on top of that, we're here every step of the way where your first few, for example, as a part of your setup fee, your first few people that take this and that you're going to go interview, you're going to jump on the phone with us for 10, 15 minutes, and we're going to show you exactly what you should look at on the assessment and which questions to focus on. And we found that practical approach to be better than any tutorials or any training that we can offer, which we also have automated training and tutorials available in the portal as well. But that practical application gets people up to speed quickly because the last thing we want to do is throw this tool into an existing organization have it slow them down. I mean, it would still be worth it because of the improvements that it would make in their hiring process, but the the tool has been built for speed. Right, and you mentioned the $50 and this and that, but anybody who's hiring knows that that $50 could save you like thousands of dollars and ginormous headaches and and discontentment among your other members of your team, 
so that $50 is like nothing. If it saves you from hiring someone that's going to disrupt your team and your culture and yourself and cause headaches, you'll have wished you spent more than 50 bucks to, to uh, avoid that. And so uh, I think anybody reading or listening who's done hiring knows that that $50 is like an insurance policy almost, uh, an insurance policy on keeping the corporate culture as it is, getting the right people onto the bus, and uh, making sure that they're right for the corporate culture of uh, your organization. So $50 is like nothing. Absolutely. And even if you're just doing a couple of hires every now and again, you're a small mom-and-pop shop, and you don't need a retainer mm-hmm. with us, with the ongoing uh, packs for the assessments, you can buy one-offs and get a one-off consultation with us and still keep it incredibly affordable to really make an impact. And then on the other side of that, if you're a massive organization that is just seeing way too many applicants and spending too much time trying to trim those down, there are thought processes that you don't want to hire no matter what you're hiring for. And we can we have existing algorithms and tools that can you can start to only focus on the best of the best. We've got a, a client cool. we're in discussion with who gets 10,000 applications a month. They only want to look at 2,000 of them. Well, we're just going to create. We've got uh, algorithms and and all these different things that allow us to stay focused on on uh, focused on their their thought processes that are relevant to what they're hiring for and what they're looking for. And we can mm-hmm. cut things down immediately. These are the people that you probably don't want to be interviewing no matter what. And then they wow, cut down much. how tight that You just saved them 80% of their work. 10,000 applications narrowed down to 2,000 without having to look at the other 8,000. Wow. You just saved a ton of work for the hiring person. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been a, a tremendous uh, experience. The betas we've had, we had a... We had a, a CEO out of Houston, Texas, who fell in love with the person, even after having used this assessment several times and saw a couple measurements that would normally be of major concern, but said, oh, it's just it's got to be an anomaly. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. hired the person anyway. We were back on the phone 30, 45 days later, and it resulted in termination. Those thought processes showed up in, in the worst way, and... Uh, you know, he even had the tool right in front of him, but he still talked himself out of it. And I can't stress enough the confidence that people can have in this objective tool to be able to see who they're getting and to have an interview on a level that they've never had before. And a lot of people, as we know, that are hiring are at least a small business people and entrepreneurs, and they don't necessarily have someone dedicated to HR. They, they're the owner, they're the founder of the company, and in many, many, many cases, they're interviewing people to join their team, but you may be a genius at XYZ, but if you haven't interviewed and hired 100 people, you probably aren't an expert at interviewing and hiring, and so your gut check as an entrepreneur is not what you want to rely on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You've even got larger organizations where they have great HR departments, but they're doing phone screens and looking for major red flags and then passing the rest of the process off to the hiring manager, who's usually a director or middle manager who's going to be running the team. And they rely on their endorsement primarily for how to hire that person, but they're not professionally trained. We've even we've even worked with people who are absolutely dedicated and professionally trained to interviewing people who still looked at this assessment and went, whoa, 
I had no idea what hmm. I could find out and what I could see about someone that I would just I would be guessing on because you've got the people that interview incredibly that you fall in love with and wish you hadn't hired but you're also going to find people that you wish you had hired that you might not have a right. not everyone oh. interviews great Right. I totally forgot about that end of the spectrum. You could have someone who is just an amazing employee who fits your culture perfectly, uh, but I'm so focused on not hiring the ones you don't want to hire. But, yeah, just like anyone writing a test, a lot of people in interviews, they are just not comfortable, and they won't come across as the one you want to hire, but they may be the right person for you. And so maybe some extrovert or some big talker uh, shows up better on a phone interview or an in-person interview when the person you do want to hire is more quiet and you know not as verbose as someone else and you wouldn't pick them naturally. So, wow, great point. I hadn't even thought of that part of it. Absolutely, and there's so yeah. many strengths that people don't even realize that they have because they're taught to act a certain way or, or to be a different way and, and we can really uncover those and show people how to own them and embrace them and you're going to find those uh, I'm a big sports fan so those 5th or 6th round draft picks that end up being your starter and an incredible Hall of Fame player, they're rare but I mean they get missed all the time because of what people think they're supposed to be looking for in someone Right, isn't Paul uh, or isn't uh Tom Brady, one of those? I was going to say Tom, but he's a little polarizing right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, that's a six-round pick or however many rounds he was. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we got a gem. We had a gem. Or we have a gem. But, yeah, a little polarizing. But, yeah, just a great example. And so many, I can't think of any in hockey because, you know, I'm a Canadian. We've got to think about hockey. But there are lots of those stories where you're like, wow, how come this person didn't get discovered a lot sooner than this? And uh, that's the, now you can do that. So amazing. Uh, we've gone all this time, and <clears throat> silly me, I haven't even mentioned the website. So please mention the website, any ways to get hold of you, any last messages you have, and then... Uh, uh, let's remind. I'll remind people that uh, this intentional creation assessment was the best I've ever taken. It was extremely revealing on its own. But when I had the uh, time with your dad, uh, then it was not only extremely interesting. I was able to implement and understand it much better. And so, anybody thinking of any kind of assessment, personality assessment, intentional creation is the best. But, yeah, give us a website and details of maybe how to reach you, that kind of thing. Absolutely. So the best site to go to to learn a little bit more about the interview IC assessment would be thebestinterview.com, thebestinterview.com. That's going to give you a lot more information on the assessment, the science behind it, the overview. You can uh, contact us there. Our contact information is all there. You can email us at contact at intentionalcreation.com, and that's contact at intentionalcreation.com. Be happy to set up a free demo. Be happy to give you an experience. That is the lasting thing that I would want to leave anyone on this uh, listening to this with, is that this is extraordinary. It's amazing, but it is very difficult to describe for you to really grasp what this can do until you've actually experienced it. Give us a chance to show you, not just tell you, 
and that's an open invitation to anyone, whether they're considering hiring, which is uh, a huge piece for that, uh, to go to thebestinterview.com. But if you're just looking for finding out what that glass ceiling is that you keep blooding your forehead on or why you can keep seeing so much more than is actually showing up in life, uh, or you've created incredible success and are just trying to find greater balance now that you've gotten there, um, whatever the case is, you can always go to intentionalcreation.com and fill out the assessment there. Again, that's intentionalcreation.com and take the free assessment. And then if you put in the IC code when it asks you for it, radio, um, then I'll know that you listen to this and I'll provide a complimentary upgrade to that assessment for you personally. If you go on to thebestinterview.com and request information, I'll be happy to provide a free demo if you're looking to use this for hiring. But regardless, we're looking to create some experiences for those of you listening to this and then let those speak for themselves. Amazing. So intentionalcreation.com for all of the assessments are there to really get a great insight into the Augmentino group and intentional creation. Uh, people do it. I've taken every assessment. As I said, this one is profoundly amazing, and uh, you'll be happy that you took it. Thanks so much for your uh, time today, Paul. Pretty cool. Got to interview your dad, and now you. And uh, and uh, as I said, I'm a huge fan of the augment of Augmentino, and now uh, intentional creation as well. That assessment is very powerful. We're huge fans of yours as well, Tom. Appreciate the time. Have an amazing day. Thanks so much, Paul. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtutall.com for details.